You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, I want to make an announcement about something that's going to be happening as we move into the new year. Uh, We are transitioning the Bride Ministries Institute onto a new platform, uh, specifically the Bride Ministries Institute, which you can access from our website at bridemovement.com by going to the Institute tab, or just by going directly to bridemistriesinstitute.com, has been executed on the Teachable platform. And we are moving to the Thinkific platform because... We are upgrading the offering of all of the classes we've made available at the Bride Ministries Institute and adding more bonus content, uh, worksheets. Uh, uh, We're working to make the whole experience more robust, which means that those of you that have already purchased classes uh, will actually get more for what you have. You'll be able to go in there soon and see that there's even more to those classes than there used to be. And that's going to be getting expanded throughout the year of 2021. Now, what that means is that anyone that has purchased classes from Bride Ministries Institute gets to keep all of the classes that they purchased. Those classes don't go anywhere. However, if you do not finish some of the classes that you have started, in other words, You've gotten through three sessions out of eight. If you don't finish those sessions by the end of the year, then that progress goes away. You will keep the classes that you have, but the progress will go away. So if you took two or three of the sessions and stopped or, you know, you're only that far in, you'll just have to, you know, start over. But the classes are going to be yours into perpetuity as we make this transition. Now, we sent out emails to all of you that have Bride Ministries Institute account with us and have, you know, taken some efforts to prepare you for this transition. But now I'm going to begin making announcements so that there's less confusion (laughs) as we move everything over. Um, You will still be logging in with your same email, so you don't have to worry about that either. When we move platforms, you will keep your same email. So please, uh, folks, don't panic. We are working on upgrading. We've been upgrading Bride a whole lot. You know, last year we upgraded our whole web presence, and now we're upgrading the Institute experience. And, you know, God's God of the upgrade. So this is something to be uh, excited about. And um, with that said... I want to encourage you guys to keep in mind all of the wonderful resources you have here at Bride Ministries from the Deliverance Portal at deliverance.bridemovement.com, which you can access from our uh, homepage or our ministry page. We have prayer resources. We have the podcast that you're listening to here. We have the church, and we have uh, classes starting at our church. These are groups that will meet online, and you can register for them at the church page, bridemovement.com. That way you can meet people, make friends, hang out, and audit one of our classes 
at uh, uh, the Institute that you'll actually get to watch those for free without cost uh, because it's a community building exercise and meet people and have discussion about them afterwards. It's, it's been amazing. And so these are launching early January. By the time you hear this, there may still be some spots left so you can go to the church page and, and, and check it out. This will also give you some exposure to other people that are in the same boat as you. Now, um, with that said, we just want to thank all of you that continue to support us financially. Going into 2021, a lot is changing. We're going to be moving to a physical church in 2021 and beginning uh, that whole expansion of the ministry. Uh, and so there's so much going on. But anyway, I'm not going to beleaguer you with these announcements. We're going to get to the program. It is a fascinating episode that we're going to be going through today. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, it is my pleasure to make available to you another episode of Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, featuring my friends Priscilla from the Netherlands and Amanda Buys from South Africa. And guys, we have uh, had an, a whole series of podcasts together this year, and you guys have enjoyed them and let us know about it. And I am going to encourage anyone that's listening to this is like, wait a minute, who are these friends, Priscilla and Amanda? I haven't heard about them. Go back into our archives at broadmovement.com. We have a podcast page where you can search all of our podcasts and you can put in mermaid because that's what we were talking about. We were talking about mermaids. We were talking about the fact that Priscilla, the person I am sitting down with today in the time of her service to the kingdom of darkness, could shapeshift into a mermaid, go into the deep areas of the sea and did all kinds of missions and assignments, which we've already discussed. And so um, be sure to hear all of that. Now today, uh, Priscilla and Amanda are joining me again because we are going to be talking about Priscilla's life. A lot of you have asked, what kind of a life does a person live in order to get to the level of darkness that Priscilla was delivered from? Uh, how is it that she was raised by Nephilim for parents? So how do we connect the dots on her conception? Uh, because we kind of dropped knowledge bombs along the way, but didn't connect the dots. And so that is what we are here to do today. And, and by the way, Amanda Buys and her husband, they operate Canaan Ministries out of South Africa. That's K-A-N-A-A-N Ministries. And uh, they are doing an amazing job with survivors. They have made so many prayer resources and teaching materials available to help people and have blessed countless lives. And so we're very excited about everything that they continue to do in the name of Jesus. So uh, Priscilla, welcome back to Discovering Truth. Thanks, Dan. It's really great to be back again. Amanda, it is so good to have you back on the show. Thank you, Dan. It's good. It's really very good to see the to journey, to journey together and to learn. 
and to share what we learn. It's great. It's really a blessing and a privilege. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, one of the things that I appreciate about Priscilla and Amanda is that before these podcasts, they always supply me with pictures. And this helps with the storytelling. And so, you know, Priscilla, as we get into your story and tying uh, some of these pieces of your incredible testimony together, uh, you've given me this picture that works as a bit of a timeline. And so I'm going to just go ahead and put that up and let you start walking us into um, this understanding. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dan. Um, yeah, it is really extremely hard to uh, give a testimony about everything that has happened in, in, in my life just because that because they program you and they split you in so many people it's it's like i have you know like 10 lifetimes inside of one body and it's it's such a, a story and and i mean all honor and praise goes to god because he is the one who has been able to make sense of it and who still makes sense of it because you know for me sometimes i i often don't even understand my own story um where i'm trying to to put the pieces together and god is faithful but when it's it's that scripture it's just one sentence in philippians i think that when god starts something he finishes it and and i have seen that happening in my life uh every time again he is faithful and and he um helps us um to walk the path not just me but other survivors as well so when you told me about the request of of some of the listeners uh to to uh connect the dots i was like okay where do i start and i you know at some point the light just went on and i was like well why don't we just start from the beginning and i just go through through it and Amanda will just jump in uh, when when she feels I'm forgetting something or I have to add something. And um, we have a dear friend, her name, her name is Ellie. And uh, she, she has done some awesome pictures. I already showed a few the last time. She really has a gift of drawing and not just drawing beautiful and nice pictures, but she, she draws the awful stuff and she does it you know, she has gone through it herself and God has given her the gift to, to draw it. So I've, I've taken a few pictures of her actually um, that we go through, but this first picture is a timeline where, um, where you see how the life of a survivor um, basically is being drawn out. And I thought this is a good place to start because um you know, in the cult, um, and when I refer to the cult, I, I, I mean, it can be the new world or the uh, new world order, the Illuminati, however you want to call it, but my, my name for it is the cult. So when they, um, when they work on survivors or their projects, it's, it's their protocols. And, and, um, even though I am a unique person and God has made me uniquely, to the cult, I'm just a project or a number. 
and I go through protocols in, in my life. And many survivors will recognize these protocols that I have went through as well. And so when, when I'm telling this story, probably a lot of people who went through the same things as I went through, they, they recognize uh, some of the things that, that I will talk about. So you see a few um, uh, pictures here. Of course, you start with the conception and it goes all the way uh, back to where you see just the stars of 65 years old. And every star signifies a seal. So from you see from 13 years old, you see the stars, one star, two stars, and then three, four, and five stars. This is, this is where you get sealed into um, a next level um, of authority or becoming higher up in, in, the, um, in the cult also as a Nephilim mother. So I will get back to that later. So to start with conception, um, I, I sent you a, a, a link that I just want to for your listeners to get out there as well. Um, this was released on the, um, on the news yesterday. This is, um, uh, this is on the BBC. You can find it on other websites as well. Um, this baby was um, conceived 27 years ago. And she was um, put on ice, frozen. And 27 years later, she was uh, implanted in a um, womb of, um, uh, of a woman, obviously, and, um, and born. And this is groundbreaking news because this is the world record for how long an embryo has been frozen and still um, uh, able to, to, to get to a living baby. Now, the reason why I want to show this is that this is done with technology that has been released to our society. And the technology that we see, and, and you know that then, and, and it's old. It's, it, the technology that we see is at least 30 years old. So just imagine that 30 years ago, they were already able to freeze an embryo and, and, and uh, put it on ice and, and have it been born later on. Think of how old that technology was then. So they have been able to do this for quite a while. And the reason why I'm saying this is that for my conception, for example, and, and conception of other survivors that I have come to know over the last years, some of those conceptions go back to the late 40s and um, it that or mid 40s even where where it um, where they were frozen and and put into a, a a blue ball and and just kept in a frozen state and that is something that is really important to consider that sometimes people have memories that are from before their lifetime. So for example, I'm, I'm 34 years old. 
in my like in my body my body is 34 years old but because my conception was way before that i can have memories that do not make sense to me that i'm like well i i i wasn't there when mangala died yet i seem to have memories of it i wasn't there when queen elizabeth was was um coronated is that a good word yet i seem to have memories of it like my spirit memories and and um so when you have people that are talking about these kind of things it is possible because because there were you were in a frozen state and i i put a picture it's picture number two i think um that has the frozen ball the the well the ball isn't frozen but inside is the is the frozen embryo uh, yeah this is conception and then this just after conception this is how i experienced it this kind of um it, it it felt as if i was put into a blue kind of ball that was highly charged and it was both it was both freezing and burning at the same time it was a very very weird experience and um, the, the interesting thing is that we all have a beginning and, and we know that conception is the moment that, that the spirit of a human being is assigned to, to the uh, sperm and ovum that, that just have become a, a person. And so... I consider that to be my beginning, my, my conception. But my conception, you know, when they use IVF and things like that, they, they do this. It's not a circumstance where a, a man and a woman love each other and they have intercourse and a baby is born out of or created out of love. This is very much... Uh, thought about, thought through, and um, uh, they have this bloodline combined with this bloodline and they put it together. And the moment conception takes place, a huge ritual will happen. And that ritual will download all the iniquity of those bloodlines that, that go back all the way to to Cain like back to the fall they will they will that is how they select the bloodlines because if you want to if they want to create high level um, uh, um, programmed people they they work on the bloodline so they they select the, the these bloodlines have been have been um, how do you say that um, selected all through the years and and um and with this bloodline all the iniquity is being downloaded on this like few cells it's just a few cells that that was just created and you can imagine that this is really traumatic for for this these few cells and what happens at that moment, and this is really important to understand for survivors, but also for counselors, 
when this happens, there is already a lot of shattering happening because you were not meant as a person, as a just created few cells to get all these iniquities downloaded upon you. So when I look back to this in my spirit and, and, um, and I see what happened, what I see is I see as if there is a huge explosion of star, like stardust or gold dust. And it's my, my spirit that just entered my body was just shattered in, in, in these huge amount of, of dust. And they take that dust and they assign it to different places. They assign the dust to different dimensions, to different uh, places on the earth. And they, they use that for their own purposes. And, um, and the spirit that is still attached to, to the cells, that grows further along with the body. But already a big part of that spirit has been shattered. And they, so this is very important to understand that that is how they could do so many things with a person because they already have a lot of the humanity of, of, of me in this case. And um, so as you go from conception, depending on how many years you, you stay in that frozen state. You, you are being brought to rituals. You're being um, uh, like they use their crafts, the one that we already talked about before. Uh, they bring you to all these places and they are rituals. And more of that dust is being released over those places. Um, because, you know, your spirit isn't made to go th through this. And, and so it just shatters. And um, so that is how they attach humanity of me in this case to certain places on the earth. So if we talk about Antarctica, how, how did I know where to find Antarctica when I was first dropped in the ocean? It was, I just went to find my humanity. I knew something of me was there, so I followed it, and that's where I got. And this is how that is how I got there. Can I just add one thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, I okay. I'm going to pose this as a question. Do you think this also includes locations off planet as well, such as rituals on the dark side of the moon, Titan, moon of Saturn? other significant locations in other galaxies, for instance, Orion, maybe? Just... Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good rhetorical question. It's, I mean, obviously, yes, that, that's where they, where they put that. Um, because <laughs> part, of part of your humanity is being stuck to those places. And, and it make, it's, it's part of me. So when they so let's say they put a um let's say part of my humanity is attached to the dark side of the moon and they want me to go there what they would do is they would 
kind of like activate that part of my humanity as if it's a little light shining in the darkness. And the only thing I would have to do is, is, is follow it and go to there because that is, it's part of me. So it's so easy for me to go there. That, that is how, how they do it. And does that answer your question? <laughs> you know, and, and this is an interesting thing, Priscilla, and then I'm just going to let you continue. This is so fascinating. Uh, years ago, we discovered that we had to get people untethered from constellations, right? But shortly after that, I realized I have to get people untethered from jet streams, from physical locations around the world that they're telling me they've never traveled to in the natural. I've, uh, the, and it's, it's a quantum entanglement. It involves the DNA. I have two prayers in this book, prayers that shake heaven and earth, freedom from constellations, and another one called freedom from earth systems. And I have seen extraordinary, I mean, I, I use freedom from earth systems almost as often as I eat lunch. I mean, it's just every day I'm seeing this prayer, setting people free from stuff. And uh, what you're bringing up, is a key because it's actually how this bondage was instated in people. And it makes me wonder just how many people may be the subject of what you're talking about in that they are a, a, an egg that, that, that is not implanted for years and years, ritualized only to be implanted at an appointed time so that the power and the iniquity can be multiplied prior to, you know, uh, birth. And so please continue. Well, no, that, that's true what you're saying. And um, actually, be, before we ever met before, um, with Amanda, I went through a few counseling sessions where I prayed through the uh, Freedom from Constellations prayer. Um, I already bought the book then. And um it was powerful for me to, I had a powerful release. In the beginning, I could hardly speak it out loud. Like I really had to um, work through it, through that prayer a couple of times actually. And uh, so, yeah, that was a big blessing actually. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, that is, that is how they um, attach you to places on the earth, places, outside of the earth dimensions. And, um, but then there comes a time when they feel it's right for you to, to be put um, into a um, artificial womb or a human womb. And um, well, that obviously comes with trauma as well. I already talked about that the last time with the, with the artificial wombs and how they install the artificial energy system, you know, the alpha omega chakra. So a lot of rituals and, and things happen over those um, in the time that you're being uh, grown in, in, a, in the womb. And um, what is also um, interesting about this is that especially when you're um, in an in a, uh, artificial womb. I'm not sure how it works in a human womb, but what they would do is they, they sometimes implant you with, a, with another 
um, fetus. But this is not always a human fetus. So for my, in my example, what I know is that I was, um, they put me together with a Nephilim um, inside. So already from that moment, while you're growing, you're, you have to fight for your life, not just because of all the experiments that they're doing on you, but also because there is something in that same area where you're trying to, to stay alive that is trying to, to kill you, to, to eat you, or whatever it's trying to do. And, and they do it on purpose because they give that hybrid or whatever it is, they give it an assignment. It's not, it's, it's not necessarily there to kill you, but it's there to push you to, to already get your fighting system out because you're fighting uh, against this thing all the time. And it makes you spiritually very sensitive because this hybrid is loaded with with uh, entities that it that that it's connected to so you're already working on this spiritual level when you're you're not even born yet so that is where survivors are are so sensitive to the spirit world often because you know you you're being grown into that into that world and um and then when you when you get born when my my birth was very traumatic and I, every survivor's um birth is very traumatic um i remember that i started to get these memories back and and later on i would talk to other survivors or i heard other stories and and it was like it's so weird because Yes, my story is unique, but then I would hear another survivor and, and it was like, well, that, that's what happened to me, you know? And, and there are, yes, there are different details, but it's kind of the same. So what they did with me is I was, I was in, a, in an artificial womb, but then they placed me in a, um, in a woman that had just given birth with a c-section and they put me back in and this woman was bleeding to death and they basically i just had to fight my way to crawl out of this dying woman so what i was experiencing the life flowing away of this woman i was trying to not die myself and, um, and, and I had to crawl out of this, this place. And when I survived that, what happened is, I, I, don't ask me how they do this, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody knows how they do this, but they do like a quick, um, somehow, you know, they crack open the ribs and they, they get a lot of, the flesh and stuff away or the organs they get them away and that has been my crib for like the first few months of my life so i had to um yeah like that was my crib so that was you get 
very um, bonded with death. And, and, and um, everything that, that happens around that, like the, the, the things you smell, the things you, the spiritual stuff that happens. And that was very traumatic when I got to these memories. And I think Amanda remembers that probably pretty well because the body memories were, were pretty intense. And um, yeah, it was it wasn't pretty. Um, and you know the reason y- you wonder why do they do this? What's what's why? And the conclusion that I got it's it's they have the mind of Satan, and and everything that that God has thought of that a human being should experience in a good way and being safe and 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 being welcome and being uh loved it's it's he took it and did the opposite and 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 that is what what happened with with me and people like me so um it's just part of what they do and it's it's part of the conditioning that you go through as you as you grow up in the cult because not everything is programming and that that maybe that doesn't make sense but you know you cannot program a person if there has not been proper conditioning so they condition a baby to to not be able to to make good bonding, proper bonding, only trauma bonding and and bonding to to the wrong people, because if if a ba- if if you as a baby learn how to bond in a good way, then the programming will not be as strong, it 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 will be it will be a lot weaker, because it gives you strength to have proper bonding to to be able to be assertive, for example. And um, if you, if they, they condition you in, in your emotions, not, not crying in your anger, in, in um, knowing that it doesn't, why would I cry? Nothing is going to, I'm only getting punished if I cry. So why would I cry? So if, if they condition you in that way, once they start programming you, they will have a much stronger foundation to work from. So that is what happened the first, first year, one and a half year of, of, of uh, after I was born. It's, it's the conditioning. It's horrific conditions. That is the, also the time that I lived with the Nephilim. Um, there are different places on the earth where there are Nephilim cities call it that way um we talked about antarctica already and and um, uh, under the temple mount in jerusalem is such a place and um growing up with with this is um it's truly i think the most horrific thing that you can go through as a human being because it it goes it's beyond torture 
it's you know torture has a beginning and an end usually but living with a nephilim it is you're living with beings that are not human that have no conscience that have a deep deep hatred towards everything that represents or that looks like god almighty which includes humans and um and they they are um how do you say that their emotions because i know a, a lot of people seem to think that hybrids or nephilim they don't have emotions but i strongly disagree with that because they have emotions that are um no human should ever ever be subject to their emotions because it's it's pure satanic they have satanic hatred satanic rage satanic um uh how do you say that disgust and and it's it's not on a human level that they have these emotions and and as a human being exposed to this is is very traumatic and very the only way for me to survive was to become a nephilim so in my mind i i decided that i can't be a human i i shouldn't be a human because i will not survive this if if i'm a human and and that is where i just decided to 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 be a nephilim and when i get to that sorry so i i just have to ask this question for all of the listeners from an outsider's perspective do you exist as a baby living in a community in a house with a white picket fence or does the world not really know of your existence because you are in nephilim cities and basically kept underground so to speak yeah good question um so the answer is in a way it is logical but it's also a bit crazy because when when you do i ivf right that's the right word you don't create just one one baby there's not just there were more siblings that that had the same dna uh as i had it's just that i was chosen to to um to be their project and they don't dispose of the other siblings they use them for their own um for other purposes and one of these purposes is that um at some point the the people that i was placed in uh, in later life that i was that i knew to be my parents um one of my siblings was placed in the in in my mother's womb and um she was born around the same time as i was born except that she grew up in this what you say you know my parents were um in 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 their front life they were normal people uh christian people who were very young at that stage in their life and um 
And at some point when I was, you know, I was growing up with the Nephilim, my, my sister was growing up with them. And then at some point we were switched. And um, that was when I was about, I was about four years old, just, just um, around that time. I was, I was swept, swept, swept. I don't know how you say that. Um, swapped. Yes. Swapped. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and that is where I was, um, um, where my presenter was created by that time. Um, the Priscilla that, that everybody was going to know. And that part of me, Priscilla did not, didn't know anything about where, where, where I came from. And that was the only way for me to survive in the normal world because I had to learn how to survive. So, um, that is how, how they do that. So yes, the first three and a half, four years I've lived, um, without anybody's knowledge that I even existed. And uh, after about three and a half, four years, they put me in the in in my parents' house. Yeah. So I have another question, and then we're gonna move down the storyline because there's similar DNA in you and your sister. Is there a we could call it a psychic or a uh, type of connection between you and her that allows her to be influenced by your torture and vice versa. Yes. Very. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Exactly. Um, when we were swapped and um, what happened is she was sacrificed and her memories so far were downloaded in me so that I, as the presenter front part, who was going to live life now in this little country in Europe, um, I had those memories but they didn't really belong to me they were hers and what they um because i had other siblings as well so over the years what happened i'm just skipping a few years now but over the years what would happen especially when i mean i would sometimes go through torture in my like going like a year ago, and I would talk with Amanda, and I would say, Amanda, I am dying. I don't know what is happening to me, but it feels I'm spinning, I'm being electrocuted, what all these things. And we would be praying, and what's going on, and, and Lord, reveal this to us. And then Amanda said, well, did you already check if this might have anything to do with the symbiotic bond with one of your siblings? And then we would start praying, and immediately we would we would uh, uh, address this. And then the moment I would cut myself loose from this sibling, um, things would start to 
uh, ease and I wouldn't be so much in so much pain anymore. So yeah, that's really how they work. I have a list of, uh, how do I call it? Uh, relational entities that we address under certain circumstances due to the way that what they do and experience can influence people I'm working with. I call them clones, duplicates, replicas, derivatives, replacements, stand-ins, twins. I actually have a longer list than that, but twins are on the list. And what you are describing, I think will help some people a lot because I have language for stuff that I don't have fully fleshed out explanations and uh, what would he call case studies for? I just know. And um, I, what you're saying is really huge, Priscilla, for, for a lot of people, because so many people are walking around and the Lord has told them, what's my problem? It's your twin. And they don't know what that means. Uh, Amanda, did you, I, I see you nodding. Did you want to? Yeah, I think I think this is a very important part, um, Dan, because um, I think at a stage somewhere along the line we spoke, but it would be good to just bring it in here again, um, that when they do the conception um, of, of this baby, they don't only uh, make one baby. Um, they, they would make three or four or five, depending on what the plan is. And obviously one gets sacrificed to seal everything. And then um, one would be taken and put into a surrogate family like Pris explained to her sister. Um, and, and so then they would also swap them in and out um, if, if they want to at a stage. So they keep one in the cult. And so these are identical um, images of siblings. And then say they need Pris to, to reprogram or put more stuff into her while she's with the family of, you know, three or four years old and she has to go for continuous uh, programming, then they need to have her still at school. So they will swap in, take her away and go and do the work with Pris and put the other sibling in her place to go to school. So um, it would all, it'll be this in and out swapping the whole time where we were asking questions, the normal Western mind asking questions, how is it possible? You know, how can you be away from home for a month of, of programming? The school, your friends, they're going to miss you. You know, I mean, you ask these questions. Um, and so I think it's important to know that there's more than one sibling created. And then they, what also is very key, and, and we have found this with so many, um, is that they, um, they will keep one in the underworld in a, in a state of death, like on a life support machine. And because of the symbiotic bond, they, they can, let's say Pris is not coming for help. And she's being tortured and tormented like uh, over the top. She, she's going to flip. She's going to lose it. She's, 
she's going to die. She's, it's just, it's humanly, everything in her says, I'd rather get out of this body completely because I can't handle the punishment. I can't handle the torture. And then we would realize, but something's happening like a voodoo thing, but it's live. It's, this is, this is not a doll. This is, this is a live person like doing it too and press is connected but in in such a strong bond it's not just the coding it's it's stronger than that it's dna it's it's blood of my you know bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh and 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 so they would keep this part the sibling on life support um but they would then torture this sibling put her on a wheel, do the most horrific things with her. And everything they do, Pris gets hit with. So you're just thinking, you pray, you cut off, you, you, you bind, you rebuke, you, you, you warfare every single thing you've ever heard of, you know, because you're seeing, you're seeing this, this client, Pris is dying in front of you and, and, and you start, don't know what to pray anymore and you don't know what the heck you're up against. And, you know, you're desperate. And then God started to teach you, you pray voodoo, but it's, it's not breaking, you know. And then we learned about this, that there's this part of her sister, her sibling, that is being tortured and tormented um, over the top and... And Pris is being hit. So it was such a huge breakthrough. And we've seen it with so many survivors already um, that if you can get them off that wheel of death and, and get them free, because what they did was they sent a part of Pris's humanity, um, a presenter part, which is survival brain. Um, we, we have also spoken that when they create the presenter part, they don't create it uh, from the same parts as, as the other parts of the brain. They create it from the survival brain. And that is why the torture and the torment they can do because it's survival. It's, you, it's, you know, you, you live or die. And so you have this um, part of Pris, her presenter part, that was sent to stay with the dead twin sibling all the time. And so there was, there was a connection with the part of Pris as well as the symbiotic bond. And so it was very strong. Wow. Okay, Priscilla. Yeah. No, that was, that was pretty intense. Um, and and uh, but it also enables you to learn, and and see um, how it can help other people as well. And um, and I think that is a good thing. So, yeah, that that is. Um, yeah, we're already at four years old. There's just one one thing that I want to to share. Very important. It's picture number three. It is a very important moment um, in the life of a survivor. Um, and that is, it's called the new birth 
experience. And this is where, where you're, you're still really small. Like I was 12, maybe 13 months, something around that age, still living with the Nephilim. And what they do is, and I think we already explained this a little bit, but what they do is they start explaining the gospel to this one-year-old child. And what happens is, you know, we know that the word of God is living and it's active. We know that it's light. We know that it's life-giving. So even when the gospel is being explained by very evil people, it still has the ability to bring forth life. And as a baby or as a small child, I, you were, I was spiritually so awake. And I, I, for me, the spiritual realm was more real than the earth realm. Like I only started to learn the boundaries of earth life once I started to live in my presenter life. Before that, like floating, flying, um, uh, uh, um, uh, how do you call that? Uh, going from one place to another place, uh, teleporting. You know, that, that it was it was like eating lunch. I that that was my life. I didn't know any better than that was my life, and so I was spiritually very awake and hearing the gospel uh it does something with you and it is the only little bit of light and life that you see for the first time in your life and everything in you starts to draw towards that and and what happens is that jesus or i'd rather call him yeshua because i've had many false jesuses uh, in my life. So Yeshua is my favorite name for G- for Jesus. Um, so Yeshua shows himself to you when you say, I want to know that man that you're talking about. I, I um, and, and that is where you have your first experience with Yeshua and where he actually comes and lives in your heart. And that is the, 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 the top of the picture that you see with the little child and the heart and, and the Lion of Judah. And it's an amazing experience for a few seconds. And what happens is they see this happening. They see in the spirit that, that you have come to know Jesus. And I can tell you all kinds of reasons why they do this. It, it, there are many reasons, but one of the main reasons is is that they want to steal the glory of God. And if if that child becomes a child of God and they torture it and they hurt it, they steal the glory of God. They wrap, like every, what happens is they wrap this child in death. It's the second part of the picture. And you see, it's like they bring this child into death experience after death experience. And I'm, I'm not talking about two or three times. This is 10, 20, 30, 40 times that you die within a, in a short 
span of time. And, and every layer is a layer of death that is putting, that's being put around this, this little baby that, that gave her heart to Yeshua. And every time there's a death experience, another part is, is taken out of that baby and is being assigned. That is where the program is going to start. They, they take these parts and they say, this is your name. This is your name. This is your name. And they're being put in separate places. And that is the parts that they will start working on later. And, um, and this, I call it the new birth identity. This new birth identity is being placed in the underworld. And it has entities uh, that are guarding this, this baby. Because Satan knows that if this baby ever gets released in the person, that's going to be the end of the story for, for, this, for him having a hold on the survivor. Because in my life, the moment that we found this new birth identity um, in me, that is when my freedom started to flow. And, and yes, it's a journey and, and you have to go to that place many times because there are so many death experiences, but it's, it's a crucial part in, 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 uh, in a survivor. And what they do with that, um, the, the bottom part, you see the fake evil Jesus, they introduce to you a Jesus that will pose himself as your savior. So as a baby, you're being put to death and you're in a horrible pain and then you're being brought to life. And as you're being brought to life, you see this Jesus and he says, I came to save you. You're not dead anymore. I am your savior. And, and you start trusting this Jesus he must be the right Jesus the other Jesus must have been evil because he is the one that caused me to suffer so much he is the one that caused me to to die so this must be the right Jesus and 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 that is the whole foundation that they will build on from that moment on so does that make sense that makes a lot of sense and and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me how often I find parts of people's humanity in Hades, in the underworld, in outer darkness. In, I mean, it, it's all the time. We're going into these realms. I call them regions of captivity all the time to get soul parts out. And they have different levels of significance. And so, okay. So you are for, you are swapped into a normal life, given a presenter, downloaded with all of the memories of your sister. What's next? Well, from that moment on, you get the true meaning of living a double life. Because in, in, in my one world... I lived this life as a little girl who goes to school, goes to church, who's being, um, I had a, a huge hunger 
for for God and 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 to get to know Him. And already from a young age, I knew that He existed, and I I knew that um, that I wanted to know Him, and and that has been. Um, I think that has been my driving force to get to the place where I am now. Because as as I was growing up and I was uh, in my one world living a normal life, I started to notice that I wasn't able to have a intimate relationship with Jesus the way I saw other people having that. And I was, I, I mean, I was very gifted. I was gifted with prophecy, with leading worship, uh, gifts of healing, and all these things. I, I that that's been there from from a young age, um, except that it wasn't the gifts of the true Holy Spirit. It was of the false Holy Spirit. Uh, I didn't know it by then. I, I mean, I was really thinking I was operating in in the kingdom of God. But um, it 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 wasn't um, it wasn't true. But he, as I was operating in these gifts and as I was building this relationship with God, I just couldn't get to this intimate place of knowing Him. It always was as a dis- at a distance, and there was always this dark place in me. Where, where I couldn't go and, and I was afraid to go there. And, and I mean, I had nightmares and things like that. And I was, I was quite young when I already started to see a therapist. I was 13, I think, or 14. And um, so obviously, obviously there was something wrong, but I, I, I couldn't get my, put my finger on it. And then I just skipped a few years and I was 19 when I discovered that uh, there was DID in my life. And um, I found that uh, I had these parts and they were all talking about these weird things. And I, I didn't understand what was going on. And, um, and from there, I had my first memories that looked like ritual abuse but I wasn't ready to go there in my mind like um I just wasn't there and I made a decision of my will to bury that bury these memories and to um to just keep living my nice Christian life um and I tried that for for a few years and I I allowed the idea to be there. Like I couldn't push the the idea away. Like I had parts and, but I, I somehow I managed to have the fun parts to the front, like parts that were cute and, and that were always in for a, and, and, you know, sometimes these parts would talk a bit about where they came from and some of the memories. And, and I would be just like, no, I can't accept that. You know, it's it, that's just not me. Um, and then I was, we're talking now about 2014. So this is six years ago. 
that is when I was at a very deep place where I was, God, I, I want to know you. I, I see people around me who know you in an intimate way, like emotional and they, they, it's something that I don't have. What is it? And God was really clear with me. It's only the truth that will bring you to a place where you can get to know me. And I knew I had to make a decision at that moment. Um, either I'm going to keep all this stuff buried and I live my life the way it is now for as long as I can, because I knew I couldn't keep this up for, for, for a whole long time. Or I'm going to now really submit to God the way the Bible teaches us to submit to him and, and let whatever comes forward, come forward. And I didn't know what I was choosing at that moment because I had no idea what, what was going to come forward. But that's what I chose. I said, okay, God, I can't just live this life where I don't know you like I want to know you and and will you just bring me to this place where I can be in 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 submission to you and and where the truth can can come forward and only then the truth started to come out and it it, it went pretty fast from there and and in 2015 I got to know Amanda and um yeah, that's when it got really crazy. And um, I mean, it. I still don't understand how, how God managed and how God thought it was worth his time and Amanda's time to, to get me, to get us connected and, and bring, bring me to this place where I am right now, where the memories are starting to come they've started to come forward at the beginning it's it, it's all messy like you have the nightmares all the nightmares that i had been having over the years suddenly started to make sense and once they start making sense the next level comes and and that's where the crazy stuff started to i i started dreaming about these these nephilims hybrids um um weird creatures um places that i i would never been to these places in my life yet i saw them as if i was there um i that is where god really opened my eyes and allowed my body to show what was going on so i was still in a place where i was in relationship with my handlers and I would be taken by night um, through triggering and however that works, but I would be taken to, to ritual places all over the world. And, and the next day I would wake up and my body would like, I felt I was hit by a train and I had bruises on, 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 
places everywhere over my body. I had burn, like I had burn wounds over my, at, at places of my body. And at some point I started to take pictures because I was like, nobody is going to believe me that I, w- I go to bed with a smooth skin and I wake up and I had this huge bruise on my, on my chin, or I would go to bed with, with a normal leg and I would wake up with a, with a blister filled with fluid from a burn the next morning. And, and it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, it, it was, I had no idea what was going on, but I knew I had to pursue it. And, and only um, by just diving headfirst, not knowing whether if there was even a swimming pool there to catch me with water, I, I just went and, and it has been a deep dive ever since. And, um, and one thing that I think is very important to, to mention is for me, it was crucial, I think life-saving to break contact with my handlers, which meant that um, at this stage in my life, I had my own business with a friend of mine. I was in a very close relationship with, with my surrogate parents and, um, and other friends. And I had, to, I had to break contact with them. And that is something that is very difficult because every every normal christian religious organization will say that the moment you break contact with your parents you are actually showing showing like sect signs as if you're in a sect because that is you know often what what happens um or um they say that you're not honoring your parents or they say that you lost your mind i mean all these things have been said to me uh, that i that they told me that because i was working with amanda they said that i was ending up in a cult or in a sect because i was breaking contact with my parents um i was leaving my church i mean half of the church stood in my business telling me what are you doing you're crazy you're uh, uh you belong in this church uh we don't want you uh to leave this is not biblical uh you are um deceived uh, i mean and, and i mean I, I that is still what they say about me in that place and and i mean i don't even blame them because they don't understand where where i come from and what has happened but it is very important for survivors to um, to know that there is a season in your life where you have to break with the people that are your handlers. And um, some some there might be a time where where I um, where I will get back in touch. I don't know. I don't think so. But you never know. God is an almighty God, and maybe He will show them what they've been up to 
I've been praying for it. I really pray that on this side of heaven, they will get the chance to repent and to to um, get in, get clean with God. Um, because it's not going to be fun for them to to um, be on the other side of heaven and have to um, see what they've been up to. Wow. Well, um, so Priscilla, we kind of skipped a few years here going from, you know, that, that younger years and and straight to 19. Now there's a, there, there is a few points on this chart that you gave me that I want to zero in on and just let you uh, talk about a, a little bit more. And here you know, you put, okay, the new birth identity, which we, we talked about. Yes. Then the presenter at three years, they swapped you for your sister around four years. Yes. What's this coming of age? Yes, this is a, um, this is a very particular ritual that, um, we, we, I've already mentioned it a few times in the past uh, few interviews. It's that point in time where you move from being a victim into being a perpetrator. So this picture um, shows pretty pretty good how, how that works. Um, you see this girl in the center and um, she's holding this baby in a uh, at a place where, where it's being sacrificed. And um, that is a representation of a new birth identity. Wow. So what happens is that this baby, you kill this baby as a symbol, like in your mind, you kill that part of yourself that chose for Jesus. And you put another layer, or actually you put a seal of death over that part of you. And you choose to never again go back to to this new birth identity, to this Jesus that that baby ever said yes to. And you choose to serve Satan. And and you do that by... um, saying the 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 five i wills of satan that are described in in isaiah 12 i think it is and um and that is also where um i conceived my first nephilim son so where there was um this is what this means is that there is an intercourse between a fallen angel and a human and the result of that is a Nephilim son. And um, this can be any fallen angel from any rank um, till Lucifer himself, who, who is a fallen angel as well, of course. And um, this, this is where you say, I am an independent person now who has chosen against God and all the programming 
that has been installed in the years from new birth until the coming of age. So that is that is about 10 years, little over 10 years. Um, all that programming is now being activated in a way that you're going to take responsibility for it and you're going to move yourself up the ranks, to put it that way. And um, I don't know, Amanda, is there anything you want to say about this? Yeah, I think um, in the healing process, this is a very important part to understand. Um, because of, of, of the significant change that you go from a child under your parents' authority, and now you're moving into the perpetrator, um, and from being a victim to a victimizer um, is so important because now you are accountable before God, and now you are willingly agreeing with Satan. Whereas the first 12 years, you were a victim. You were just handed over and you had to do what they told you. But now you are willingly deciding to kill this baby who opened her heart to the real Yeshua and she got connected to him at 13 months and, and, and they have fed you hormones. And basically your periods start very early in the body um, Pris, I think you said eight, about eight years old, things started, you, you, your body started functioning that you could, they could impregnate you. And you, you, that baby that they lay in front of you is actually one of your own children that you've given birth to. And that's now 13 months old. And so when they put that child on the altar in front of you, um, you believe you are killing that baby that gave their heart to Jesus. Um, and it's now your chance because all the hatred um, and all, you know, all the murder, all the hatred of, of Satan that he can't be saved and you are made in God's image and you can be saved. Um, all of that is loaded on top of your human anger. And so they've made this 13 year old, the assassin, the murderer, you know, uh, anything with death, because this, this, the, 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 the one that's acting as a witch. I mean, they, they, they go into different sections, obviously, but, but it's all the anger that they've encapsulated and enhanced with satanic anger and nephilim anger. And so, when she kills that baby, it is with, it is with the most horrific hatred. Um, that becomes part of her life. And, and I've had other survivors report to me that when they killed the baby, they were wearing jewels, um, inherited jewels, like, like in the, the family jewels. So I said, oh, is it the Romanov? So because this, she's, she's Anastasia, in 1944, this whole Hitler project that you and I spoke about the first time, um, she's part of that project. And so the jewels that she was wearing is the Romanov jewels. And every little 13-year-old in that bloodline, part of that project, would put on the jewels at 13 
it's rings, it's it's very expensive diamonds and gold and and so this little 13 year old is dressed up and and it's ballroom i mean it's ballroom gowns and 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 you've got people in the, in the upper stairs watching this whole thing like a like a theater and and she's being led down the steps with all these jewels and then as she kills She's got to kill in such a way that there's lots of blood, that the blood splashes onto the jewels so that she's the next generation that is in line, that is hating God, that makes a choice against God, that is part of the Antichrist system. And, and then the, the, the jewels, it's so important that the jewels have to be splashed with blood. And that then gives her that that authority and the the ranking for her then to move into the adulthood of of starting to hurt other children um killing um assassins or whatever the the assignment is but they move then into into really being very very dangerous um attacking they have been trained so well to attack ministries to attack to come into our bedrooms um to astral in well astral they they teleport in and um come and do their thing you know come and attack you um send all sorts of things at you um so they are so well trained so this 13 year old is key it's it's probably of the last parts that that you get to. So you know that once you've reached the 13-year-old, because she's the most hidden, she's the most angry, and she is the mother that gives birth to the Nephilim child. Um, and, and that sets her apart and gives her that ranking as well. So, so at 13-year-old, she's the mother. And um, there's, there's just so many layered things that have to be removed, you know, when you pray and they go through the, 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 the ritual where they were upside down, crucified upside down, where they had, um, where there was this guy that was killed um, while he was being killed. She's having sex with him. <laughs> it's the most bizarre stuff um, that they get exposed to. In this 13, it's all the 13-year-old rituals. So it is really key, really key. And then the five-hour walls, um, uh, it's, it's Isaiah 14. And, um, you know, where, where, where Lucifer himself makes the declarations, I will rise above. I will, you know, put my throne above. And so the 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 13-year-old comes in agreement with that. And it's open total rebellion. And so they they get the 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 actual character of Lucifer and well Satan. It's either Lucifer as the angel of light or Satan in all his death and and um yeah, death. You know, you don't have another word for him. Um, another important thing I, f- I feel, Pris, and what, Dan, you, you speak about often are the scrolls, the scrolls of your life. 
And what happens at conception, because they've planned so well around the sperm and the ovum and they bring that together, there's this demonic scroll that gets read over your life. And then at 13, it's the scroll again. And do you agree? Do you agree? Are you now with your own free will, that which happened at conception when you were created, now do you agree that this is your life? And as a 13-year-old, the agreement comes. And that is when they take legal ground, go to the word where the Bible says, now what you've chosen, you're going to bear the consequences. And so um, that's how they play the game, you know, to hold the Bible against you, to hold God against you. So you have witnesses against you. There's judgments of God against you. But it's like, you know, they they just have that attitude of, of Satan. Yeah, and I, I, if I just can jump in here a little, uh, what I remember in one of your previous interviews, one of the questions that was posted on YouTube was, how, how is it possible that they allow you to get out of the cult? And, and I just want to set very straight that they, the cults, are not almighty. They are not God. They are not Yahweh Elohim. And um, God has the final say. And I believe that there is a way out for every survivor. How well programmed you are, what, what level of ranking you are, there is always a way out. And, and I, I know that for me, I was so convinced that I I wasn't able to be saved because I killed what I believed was the part of me that, that gave her heart to Yeshua. So I, I thought I, I wasn't being able to be saved anymore. But God always has a way out. He, he had he he knew before Adam and Eve sinned, he already had salvation plan ready because he knew that they were going to do that and that they needed a way out. And and it's the same with, with, with me and people like me. When you believe that there is no way out, then just look up and, 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 and see that God has, has set the road before you because there is a way out. And, and he is the one that is almighty. And... Um, having said that, because if you just want to put up the picture number five, what, what is the trick and the way that they deceive you and they trick you is that they make you believe that you as the new birth identity are not the same as the 13-year-old who makes that decision to kill the new birth identity, they make you think it's a, it's, a, it's a different person with a different body. And that is where the deception is. And that is why the DID is so strong. And what was very key for me is I needed to learn that 
the baby that had to crawl its way out of the mother's womb is the same has the same body as the body who gave her life to Yeshua at one year old. It is the same body who chose against God at 13 year old. It's the same body who at 26 year old married with the Nephilim son. And, and yes, there are different parts in that body, but it, it is the same body. So if you, if you want to show that picture once more, I just want to explain it. If you see this tower, this is the Tower of Babel. It's, it's a pretty standard program that they put in, in, in the survivors. What you see is on the, at the bottom, you see this baby lying. And out of this baby, the, it, this baby is the foundation of the tower that is being built. And all the way up, you see that kind of naked lady sitting on the, on the throne. And that is the queen, let's say the 26-year-old, that is being put in a, in a cult, has a position of power. It is birthing all the, all the Illuminati plans over the world, like, like all the rage and all the evil and the plans of, well, let's say Corona, you know, is being birthed by these kind of queens over the earth. And this queen that is sitting there on top of the world is having a nice life. She is being worshipped by the kings of the earth. She is being um, worshipped by the other lower level um, women in the cult. Um, she is uh, holding a position of power. So she is, in her mind, pretty well off. And when you would tell her that she comes from this baby, she would be disgusted. She would say, I want nothing to do with that baby. But that is where, where I as a survivor, but as a counselor, you have to show the survivor that, that, that she's been tricked and being deceived. And the moment that I realized in my parts that I am just being given a place of power and position and, and, and that to do their evil plans. But at the same time, a part of my humanity is suffering and is still stuck in a place of death because I want to hold a place of power. When I realized that that is the same body and ultimately the same person, because God made me as one person. He never meant me to be scattered into all these thousands of, of, of pieces. And, and when I started to realize that, that is when it, had, it was able to come together. And that is where, if, if you want to show the last picture, that is the whole counseling process that happens. You, you have... The baby that, that gave her heart to Yeshua and, and you have the 13-year-olds, you have the 26-year-olds, you know, all those seals that are being being put up. And um, yeah, if you have this picture and then go to the next picture, yes. 
you see that from this new birth identity, you, you see the 13-year-old, you see the first crown, the 26-year-old, and it goes all the way, whatever age the survivor is. Now, if you think of these arrows and you put them the other way, that is the counseling process. You take the age of the body, you take the parts, you take the 26-year-old and you go backwards and you go and you find that baby that is wrapped in death, that made, that chose Yeshua. And then when they become one, that is where healing comes. That is because Yeshua, Jesus, he never left that little baby, the 13 months old. And when my parts were saying, well, Jesus left me. Jesus is the one, um, he, he abandoned me. Then... I would, Amanda would ask Yeshua to show the truth. And what really happened is that I abandoned myself. I was the one who couldn't handle the torture. So I split off. And I mean, I don't have to blame myself for this, but I split off because I couldn't handle the torture. And I, I, I started to live a parallel life to, to who I really am. And Yeshua stayed. He was there in the torture. He was there and he didn't leave. And I was the one who escaped from myself. And when that started to kick in, that truth, I had to learn that I had to go back to that baby that was wrapped in death and had to, I mean, I had to hold it. Every extension of myself as a 13-year-old, as a 26-year-old, as a 34-year-old, whatever age, I had to go back to these steps and find that baby that was captured in death. And every time another layer of death was taken off this baby until I finally had it. And, and that is where, where our healing started to pour and, and where I got to that place what I was saying in the beginning, that relationship with God, that, that I didn't, I didn't have that honest and pure relationship. And now I can, I can say, I mean, I'm not there yet where I want to be, but I know God in a way that I've never known him before. And I would go through this all over again. If I knew that, that, that this would be the end result. And I mean, I know there's, I'm not even there yet. There's much more that I can learn about who God is and how, who Yeshua is. Amen. And that is what it's all about. It, it's, you know, it's, I know all these information, it's interesting. And, and people who do not know about this, it's, it's, it's interesting and, and, and exciting to hear about this mermaid stuff and, and, and the cloning and, and that. And I understand that. But for me, that has never been what it is about. For me, it's been that my life can glorify God and can glorify Yeshua. And if that means that I had to get to that horrible knowledge of what it meant for me to become a mermaid, what I had to do, what I had to go through, um, that that is... You do it. You do it not because you want to, because but because you have to, 
because otherwise you won't be able to to um, let your life truly be in for God's honor. Amanda. Yeah, Dan, I think I think Chris has explained it very well. Um, what I what I'd like to just underline um, is we have found through the years, and I mean this was our own journey too, is that many times you don't know what to do with the parts. Um, you really don't know how to bring the healing and when you do integration and you know what happens in the process because there's so much so many layering and so many parts and anyway so um when the lord showed us that if you don't get to the baby there's no closure so let's say for example Pris's adult parts her extension parts would come forward and um you know some queen or some witch or whatever part would present and then um we would have a conversation, you know, and I'd say, well, um, you know, you, you, you're not really a queen and she'd be very upset. And then I'd explain that you, you belong to a human body. You connected with through the silver cord and um, we would go through the whole process. And eventually I'd explain to you, you, you tied up in second heaven and um, you've been deceived and you've been, you serving a loser. And, um, you know, that when you go to battle, um, who sends, who sends a woman first? Who sends a whole woman army into battle first? And, and, and the main guy, he's at the back because he's a wimp. He's too afraid to go first. I said, the God I serve, Yeshua, he rides first. He takes the battle he, he, he heads up, you know, he's the, he's the captain of the hosts. He rides ahead. He doesn't use human shields. And why, why does Satan send you, you to go and fight for him? You know, so anyway, we, we, we talk this through and then it's like, the, wow, you know, that's true. Um, so anyway, we get to a point where we say, okay, for, third heaven is Yeshua, feel the frequency and second heaven and feel the death. It's totally a different frequency. And then um, Yeshua would come, introduce himself, you know, whatever the Lord does. But you lead this part, um, you know, to, to Yeshua. You, you show the, the deception. And this part actually has to make up their own mind. It's their own free will choice. And then they say, okay, no, I don't want to serve a loser. I don't want to be, you know, um, a used as a human shield. I... I don't want to be lied to anymore. This is enough. So then I say, okay, what you have to do is lay all your weapons, everything, your ranking, your armor, your weapons, your accolades, your pips, whatever it is that you've received, getting where you are, you've got to put it all at the feet of Yeshua. Are you prepared to do that? Yeah, sure. So then they lay it down, you know, take off the robes, the mantles, the rings, the whatever it is who you know in their position put it at the feet of Yeshua and then I say okay are you prepared that Yeshua burns it with his fire now because it's no going back yep no okay we'll do that so now they've accepted Yeshua and a lot of counselors stop there and they don't they if you stop there 
then you have so much humanity because you've, you've got a whole timeline that you've worked with now, but you're only taking the adult part that is, that is such a little bit of the full timeline and you leading that part to your shoe and you're saying, I'm done now. And that's the old way. That's what we used to do. But you can't stop there. And that's where the Lord showed us that you've got to, you've got to take from age of the body. So Pris is 34. So at least she doesn't have more stars. At least, you know, the higher the stars, the more difficult it is to undo all the layers. And so, so Pris is only 34. Hallelujah. So now we go age of the body, 34. All the parts who know Yeshua come, come together now. Go with Yeshua, the, uh, the Christian presenter as well. And you go to 26-year-old, which is the wife, down to 13-year-old, which is the mother. Now, now we go and we're going to find the baby. This is the baby where you come from. So, of course, in the beginning, I, it's difficult. I can't believe it. I don't come from a baby. So we all come from a baby. So we have to find the baby because they've done something to the baby to make you this queen that is sitting on the top of the Tower of Babel that is birthing all this, you're doing all the dirty work for the, for, for the cult, for the New World Order, for the Illuminati. You are birthing all of this stuff all over the world through the portals. You're doing the dirty work. But to get you to that position as queen, you started as a baby. So if we don't find the baby, we're not going to get closure. And, and I have, I've done this with so many survivors and they all tell you the same story that if you leave them just there as an adult and you don't bring closure to the whole timeline, they, they still hanging and they are still accessible. The enemy can still access them and use them in the cult. And so you take that, so you gather up all of them and then you get down to the new birth identity where the key is because that's where Yeshua is. And that's where the promise is because it was because of his promise, I will never leave you. That's why we can work in this, in this ministry. And, and we are able to do the deliverance because of him, because of what Yeshua has done, because the price Jesus paid because of his blood. And so you, you, then you go back to conception, right back to conception identity. Why? Because at conception identity, they were one. They were the one God made originally before trauma. They were one. Before there was dust, the gold dust that went all over through the trauma. Before that, they were one. And that starts at conception identity. And so we gather up conception identity, the time of being frozen, the time of being scattered all over, going in the motherships, going in the craft, going into the, um, into the portals. You gather up, gather up, gather up. And from conception identity, bring it forward into new birth. And from age of the body, bring it down, 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 you know, 26, 13-year-old down to new birth. So now we're all standing around new birth identity. Now we say, okay, you see the baby. This is where you come from. It's your timeline. You ended up as the queen over Babylon. But the baby, what did they do with the baby? You wait. Because this is the key. You have to give lots of time here. You must be patient. And then if they can't see, we pray 
Yeshua open, show them the baby, show the, draw the curtain open, shine your light, let them see the baby. And normally the baby's in a state of death. Um, the baby is the eyes of the baby's closed. Um, I had the one baby just in the week that I was ministering to a client that her baby was in flames, was just flames. But the adult was working with the power of the phoenix. Can you see the timeline connection? So you've got the phoenix with the adult working in power of the fire with, with the phoenix. But you've got the baby burning in fire the whole time. So I explained to her, I said, while you are the queen at the top with all the power on the other side of DID, is the one in constant 24-7 pain and suffering. You have the power because the baby was suffering. And then we go and we release the baby. And then I ask Yeshua to, to take the baby and to throw living water over the, the flames, to quench those the flames. Or the one, the one was um, a queen that was of the underworld and in the water. And she had a crown on her head. And we tried to take, she tried to take the crown off to put it at the feet of Yeshua. She couldn't get it off. And then she, I said, okay, how many spokes are around the crown? How many spikes do you have? She said, eight. I said, okay, so those are the queens that serve you. Yes. So I said, you nine in your cluster, you nine, yes. When we eventually got to the baby, the baby had an octopus on the head and had kept the baby in the, in, the under, in the water grave while she was the queen in the waters with a crown. But it was an octopus that was actually with the eight legs. It was the eight spokes and, and the brain of the octopus was, was the main crown. So, it is fascinating. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can give you so many examples of working on timelines. You get the adult, whatever queen or whatever they represent, follow that timeline down, 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 and find the baby and see what have they done with that baby. And when Yeshua blesses the baby and he brings the baby back to life and, and, the, and the adult part that's now just, accepted Yeshua takes that baby and picks up the baby. And I say, this is you, this is where you come from. And they take the baby and they push the baby against their heart. And I say, that's where the baby belongs because you separated from the baby. Ask the baby's forgiveness. You went off and became a queen while the baby was suffering all the time. Now you hold that baby and, and, and every time, Prisma, you can just quickly share here, but what happens is when you hold that baby, integration of the whole timeline takes place. And the, and the cult has lost their hold. No more DID. DID of that timeline is over. They've integrated. They've become one. And no more access. And so that's why you've got to do it timeline after timeline after timeline. Whoever represents as an adult, you have to find the baby. Otherwise, there's no closure. And Pris, maybe you can explain being stuck 
just knowing Jesus, but not getting to the baby. I think that is just, um, it's that moment where as, um, as the adult in the DID systems, for example, the queen uh, really needs to get to a place where she wants to see where she comes from. And it's always Yeshua who does that. It's, I know that I've been in a discussion with Amanda, you know, I could, we could be discussing for 20 or 30 minutes or even longer. And then at some point, Amanda would be just like, you know what? We just ask Yeshua. And, and, and then Yeshua would just come in with his wisdom or he, he would show something. And then this, this queen in me would see the baby and would know this is where I come from. And if I want to stay in touch with Yeshua, I have to go back to this baby because Yeshua is with this baby. Because, and that is something that, that got me every time again. It's, it's that queen that walked away from the baby and, and, and from Yeshua. And Yeshua, he, he loves the whole system. So he, he shows up and he talks to the queen, but he tells the queen, he doesn't say the baby, he doesn't say to the baby, you have to become the queen. He says to the queen, you humble yourself and you get on your knees and hold that baby and take care of that baby. And, and, and then when they are uh, closer to, to each other, what I always would see, it's like, as if I would be in this queen part of myself, it's like, I would see this hole in my heart. It would look like a keyhole. And that little baby would exactly have the shape of that hole in my heart. And, and Yeshua would show me this baby belongs in your heart, but you are the only one who can take it and put it there. You have to do it. And, and that is how, how I, as this queen would be able to go down and I mean, it takes time. It's, it's a, you have to learn this. It's, it's not easy, but eventually I would always be able to pick up that baby and put it in my heart. And that is where that timeline becomes one, one time, one history. And, and they do this with many queens. What I said, there are many timelines, but um, there is an end to it. <laughs> it's not something that you will do eternally, but yeah. That's so good. That is so good. Um, wow. Priscilla, Amanda, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with me, uh, drop some knowledge. I, I really appreciate the both of you. And I know our listening audience does too, even if they are still trying to figure out what they just heard and thinking how many times am I have to press replay on this one to get it all in. <laughs> but that's why uh, we do a podcast. You can listen to this as many times as you want, folks. I um, so appreciate you guys. And uh, by the way, folks, Amanda and her husband have a website. 
kananministries.org, K-A-N-A-A-N, ministries.org that you can check out if you want to see what they have available in so far as tools and resources. And with that said, guys, until next time, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.